1: is just taking over everyone's crap. History Channel? No, no, we're we're stealing Vikings. Anime? No, no, no. We're getting every single anime on here. Adaptations? We got them all here. Netflix is just becoming the Walmart of streaming services. Well, they'll just take literally everything and anything and just give it a sequel, an adaptation, a prequel, or whatever the hell they want to shit out. With this recent, I guess, acquisition or just reboot, whatever we're calling it, we are now talking about Vikings Valhalla, which is a sequel series to the History Channel show that pretty much I want to say most people talk about the History Channel nowadays because of the Viking stuff. Like, they watch it for some of the old historical stuff. But when Vikings hit the scene, everyone's like, Okay, we got something that might be competing with Game of Thrones as far as we're trying to tell fantasy with this very dark, gritty, sex everywhere type of story. But before I even get into that, I mean, my name is Ali. I go by a lot of names. Allie, Alan, Birdman, whatever you want to call me. We are here with one of us recording for Vikings Valhalla Season 1. But I'm not doing this by myself. I have two other people that managed to sit through the show.
0: So why don't you introduce yourself? We'll start off with you, Matt. My name is Matt Foster. I'm half of the Nighthawks podcast that I host with fellow screener squad screener Trevor Trujillo. And I look like a character from the show that is not a cool guy. <laughs> You should
1: have had an axe or something or a shield. This whole show was like
0: watching my little brother get beaten up.
1: Oh,
2: wow. How do you hold there, neighbors? I know you all recognize this voice. But today I'm Freydis' jawline because, my God, that woman is absolutely stunning. <laughs> She's one of the few characters. I actually enjoyed on this show. Okay,
1: yeah. yeah. The the basic premise for the show is the Viking Age is coming to an end, the English being, you know, the English decide, you know what, that's screw, let's just start fires for no fucking reason and decide to kill all of the Vikings that are on their land on St. Bryce's Day as essentially a gigantic fuck you to them and the Vikings were like, you know what, that kind of sucked. And decided to gain every single man, woman, and child that could swing a sword and an axe. And just decide to invade all of London, England. Which is
0: exactly what happened in reality in this perfectly historically accurate series.
1: <laughs> just because it happened in history, I do not mean you have to follow it beat for beat. There are liberties you can't take. I just wish some of the liberties were making the characters more interesting and the battles less crap. And I love Vikings. I didn't finish watching the series. And honestly, you don't really need to finish watching Vikings to watch this. Much like Legend of Korra, you can just completely ignore its existence and you really just be happier for it. But it is one of those things where they do this stupid fake magic shit that is the biggest sticking point out of both series. Where we're going to pretend to be magical and mystical even though, until the changes, this is real life. This is supposed to be not magic. It's, it's
0: because they know the biggest fanboy group for Viking shit is like neo-pagan stone sour <laughs> diehard fans just sit around and they drink mushroom infused mead and trip out and wish that guar had their old lineup Th- they know that that's their audience but they don't want to like totally go there we can do arty metal shit
1: It feels like what it is sometimes yeah we'll have this fight and then except for leave erickson and mostly because the camera loves him it's the only reason i remember his name because they say his name seventeen thousand times over the course of that, but honestly, everyone else just gets completely forgotten about, because there's 5,000 characters in this show. Like, you, you named yourself Freitas Jaw and I don't even know who that is. Well, Freitas
2: was pretty much the, the, the main. main character. Just some context of maybe the viewership that is going to watch the show I never saw the original Vikings And I didn't even know that this was a historical event Which I was actually kind of glad That I was able to learn about a different culture Actually and to counter what you said Ali, I actually wish it was Taken more seriously Because this really did happen So I wish that this was just better produced Yeah. But yeah Freitas I don't know the actual actress's name And I'm not going to butcher it By enunciating it improperly she was amazing, and her character arc actually was the most interesting arc that really exists on that show. Everybody else, like how you did say, they are forgettable because there's so many characters in this. But Leif Erickson, which, shout out to SpongeBob, <laughs> that's the only reason why I know about who Leif, Leif Erickson time. is. It I'm is. Yes, exactly. He was also a really good character, too.
0: Here's my complaint with the historicity of it is that they junked it up. because Leif Erickson is a real person. And Harold Haraldson's a real person, but they weren't really quite the same age. Mm. The whole reason that there's a, a war between Harold and Olaf to see who's king of Norway in real life is that Harold is much younger. So he would have been, when this battle occurred, Harold was only like 15 or 16 and it was his first battle. Oh, wow. And then he got banished to like the near East and he was a Merovingian mercenary in Turkey for like 15 years and became this incredibly wealthy Worldly guy that had bedded all these women and accumulated all this money. Where's that show? And had this huge personal army, and then he went home and tried to clear out the ledger with his brother. And they don't do that here. They skip straight to the self-actualized guy, and then they give us a different audience proxy. So it's like very jumbled storytelling. And then King Canute, the Danish guy, and they're all sort of swapping protagonist and antagony. Which was sort of accurate because they were all like cousins. Yeah. All these wars were fought between these broods of like ten brothers. His cousin has ten brothers and they all want to be king someday. And they all wanted a trifecta of the Saxon, Danish, and Norwegian kingship. Which only, I think, Canute got that together for like six years late in life. Which
1: sounds like the incredible thing. And most of the season, if it was three seasons worth of content, would have been fine. But it felt like from start to finish, we immediately have this setup, and then it does a time skip for a year so that we can establish every single person that needs to fight. And this show, I swear to God, Vikings has the same perspective. How long is a long ship? Because sometimes it looks like a canoe, but sometimes there's 17 dudes on it. This show is so muddled where. There's either 25 million Vikings or about seven of them, depending (laughs) on what the camera wants
0: to do. Well, and there's other stuff like the pagan capital town.
2: Oh, yeah. The one that just got decimated.
0: That's like the third biggest city in Sweden. (laughs) Wow. So when that guy pillages it with like 100 people. (laughs) No, relative to the population of the country, that would be like some Sardinians deciding to sack Rome one night. 100 stroked up christians we're not going to get that done but there's nobody there it's just like a church in the forest they feel
1: like they want to do kind of a red wedding type situation since it's the start of the series it really doesn't mean much because we don't know or care who any of these are so if you're a fan of vikings hey we just killed a bunch of people we called vikings they started off with like a way more interesting plot line that completely got forgotten about yeah we don't know our own language anymore we all speak english i'm like the most interesting thing I loved about the first series and one of the reasons I stuck to it was because of the way the camera acted as a translator where depending on who the perspective it was focused on, if it was focused on the Vikings they spoke English, but everyone around them was going what the hell are they saying? But then if it focused on an English person suddenly the Vikings are all speaking their language. That was to me the most interesting aspect of the show because as the camera shift, it was almost like a spinning bottle of like what language is going to come up on screen. Now it doesn't matter, we all just speak Anglo-Saxon and it definitely watered it down a little bit because the language barrier but again at this point we're trying to stick to as close historically accurate as we feel in the current scene so it makes sense that's like hey at this point they learned and they lost their language but that's an interesting storyline like the last 15 years seems to be where everything interesting happened and now we're just gonna get a bunch of people to do a big battle that really kind of sucks
0: okay this is what i envision actually happening right i imagine somebody going what can we do with all the shit on the back lot from vikings But do it during COVID with about half as many people. (laughs) It's not poop, but it's just like you could watch The Kingdom instead.
1: Between The Witcher, Vikings, Last Kingdom, I mean, there's a lot of really good Sword and Shield fans here. COVID
2: posed a lot of issues for a lot of projects, but they still found creative ways to like work. With what they have That's what makes good film All the films we love Those directors didn't have Close to the technology we have now And they made better films I wouldn't even say The production just shows COVID It, it just reminds me Like of a, a CW show You know yeah. what I mean? Like One of those Really bad <laughs> CW shows That come out at like 2pm Yeah I would watch this If I was at like a laundromat Sure Because I need something To pass the time But I wouldn't necessarily Like invest in this just because there's not really much substance to it, which sucks because matt you've brought up the actual history and that's why i said where's that show there's history here that could be told really well ironically i feel the same way about like comic book movies man i wish they stayed true to the source material they may actually like have something a little bit more
1: interesting they do times up here like i didn't finish vikings like, it's 100 years so it's like hey none of the characters are really they're not gonna have some old grandma that's like i remember Ragnar Lothbrok. like there's no character <laughs> like that in the show if you go back and watch the first series it is still really good and again it's all on netflix right now anyway there are times where i found myself just I can't wait for this episode to end and other times I'm like huh keep talking keep the scene going because sometimes there's a little bit of gold here where this character is just they're doing politics or doing strategy or they're figuring stuff out I'm like okay that's cool
0: oh they also make a classic mistake in that their main point of view character is just a piece of Wonder Bread that is their to carry the camera on his shoulder and have things (laughs) explained to him for us, which is why they made the whole concept of him being from Greenland and they were far away in a remote colony and banished from this. So they need this dynamic and these politics explained to them constantly.
1: That storyline is so pointless. And it just serves as like, why are
0: you here? Uh What they want to do is they want to set up. Leif Erikson was the son of Eric the Red, who was the guy that the idea of like a berserking viking like there's really only one serial killer ed kemper that had a high iq and the rest of them are just dullards basically he's kind of the guy that the idea of a viking berserker is based on but even in his case there's no real historicity behind the idea that he was a real berserker he's probably just a really big guy that lived through like three wars and was good at fighting, right? But things have to grow in the retelling. I mean, that's what the point of fiction is, right? But they took until the very end to set up the idea that he was going to be a berserker in season two because he finally gets in some real battles And they start showing that, well, you just introduce something that will probably never get paid off because you took too long to show it. What gets me about it is the spiritual people at Uppsala are interesting. The Jarl Jarl Hakon, who Mm -hmm. was a semi-historical figure, like there was a real Mm -hmm. Jarl Haakon, and he did like die, and he also went raiding a lot and left his wife in charge. And so she is based on a a kind of fusion of a couple different people, but she's interesting, the druids are interesting, Woman Freitas is interesting. The Christian knight guy is interesting. The conflicted guy that was born pagan and then converted because he witnessed a blood sacrifice, which, by the way, I don't think that was quite the thing. I wouldn't doubt that some superstitious people in the 900s would sacrifice somebody, but I don't think they had special saw machines to do it with. That was kind of weird. (laughs) Obviously, this is a show for people that are either into that thing or do not care about the historicity of it. One of the two. So you can either meticulously produce it for them if you're going for one, or you can not explain anything if you're going for two, or you can try to do both. The worst of both worlds is to not be that historical, but constantly explain things like you are doing a Ken Burns documentary.
1: See, that's not necessarily the case. Just because it happened in history doesn't mean you can't take liberties, doesn't mean you can't roll around, it doesn't mean that there aren't ways to make it work, but if you're going to change things, if you're going to make things a little bit more cinematic, for lack of a better word... You have to make it more cinematic or at least more interesting. To me, every single battle in this show sucked. Except for the small-scale battles. Like, when Leif is the first time he shows he can fight, and he's, like, parrying dudes, and he's, like, rolling off the dudes back, I'm like, okay, this is really, really good fight choreography. But then every single battle is, like, the worst shot things I've ever seen. Like, they'll have a cool setup, but everything is just, just, just zooming in the camera. You can't see it. It's like Game of Thrones Season 1 where we're not going to show you anything until we want to. And then every now and then we'll have one or two cool shots. But, like, none of the battles seem ferocious or interesting. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the entire Viking just took over the entire continent at this point. Because the English don't seem to be able to fight very well, except when arrows get involved. And arrows are just God's way of, like, you die. Character, you die. That's,
0: that's production for the Viking fanboy that believes Vikings were incredible hulks. Yeah. Because, in reality, th- those four kingdoms were all kind of the same culture. <laughs> and Viking is a verb. Viking just means to pirate. You go Viking, you aren't yeah. a Viking. So it was just a thing that, like, Danes and Norwegians did. Yeah, they had some cultural distinction, and they had some. And also, they never show them looking or sounding like they would have actually looked or sound because they basically all wore leggings, and they also all sounded like Toki Wartooth from Metalocalypse. Something I'm waiting for the day that they do, like, something where the Danish Viking guy's like, okay, go into church, get the collection box, and load it onto our longship. We're raiding it to death now. And that that just never seems to go off for some reason. And those are the kind of things that I forgive the cinematic treatment if they want to make them look more like Sons of Anarchy than real Vikings because real Vikings wore skirts and leggings and that doesn't fly right now. I would love to see that challenged.
1: What are you talking about? If this show had skirts and leggings, every single person would be watching this show. You know how much Viking ass there would be? Well, I
0: I mean, I would love to see that challenged and and dissected, but I understand why they don't. Well, like you are saying about the quality of the battles, that's what I was saying about it being like COVID filmed, because I think they were hiding how small the sets and how few extras and stuff they had.
1: I understand COVID is causing a lot of restrictions and a lot of issues, but like this show clearly has a budget. And if you can't make a large-scale battle, make a small-scale battle that's a bit more bloodier, there's a bit more going on, or a bit more story focused. You don't need to have a gigantic battle in the show if you don't want to. Work with what you got, not what you want. You're not Game of Thrones Season 7. You're not going to get that kind of budget in that kind of filming time frame. So it's like, make a small-scale battle, focus a little bit more on the characters, and maybe develop the five characters you want to develop. Because the show has five favorites, but it's muddled between, and I'll start this as my final thoughts as we lead towards the end of the review. The seven people that come from Greenland might as well all just be named insert generic Viking name here because honestly, they were all the same person except for, oh, that one's a woman. That's a about fucking it i guess he's probably gonna fuck her just because she just happens to be the only woman alive i don't know do they really have a chemistry who cares everyone else just becomes palette swap where it's like okay these are the five characters we care about but even then it's like that guy just wants to be king that guy also wants to be king that guy wants to be a different flavor of king that guy kind of also wants to be king who cares about anyone's motivations here when all the motivations feel exactly the same that's the other
0: thing it was striking to me how the interesting people were kept on the periphery like the sven forkbeard guy yeah, And the weird relationship he had with a woman he's technically already married to. He was a historical figure, but he was the generation before. Like, he fought the guy that's the King of England in this show. Yeah. But he's an interesting character in this. I immediately wanted to see a little more of him. Maybe just because yeah. he reminded me of Al Swearengen from Deadwood. But it's a classic chosen one where they're like, no matter what else happens, this guy's the hero. Yeah, Keep much. the camera on Tom Brady, right? He'll, he'll do oh, something eventually
2: so what are your guys's rating
1: yeah i just realized i completely forgot my rating i'll do mine real quick two out of five nameless vikings because <laughs> honestly good luck remembering anybody's name oh, i'm gonna go about the same i'm
0: gonna give this exactly a 50 percent. i think it kind of pleases nobody except people that are stuck between shows it's not historical enough to be a documentary yeah it's not good enough action to really scratch the sword fights and sword and pony itch it's not really a good enough soap opera either i guess it's really just for people that just cannot get enough like side shave mullet hawks
1: <laughs> <laughs> such a bad hairstyle also Sorry.
0: i'm giving it the points i'm giving it because i thought all the oops all pagan stuff was really cool and those were cool sets and cool stave churches and there's some cool scenery and landscape shooting in this. I liked the device where the battle had a side quest in it. It was like a good GM wrote a battle scene where there was something for the party to do five deep while the big battle went on around them. And I always appreciate that because otherwise it's like, why aren't these heroes just buried in the middle? Yeah. Like they should just be in the formation with the other guys. No, we got a commando mission for them. Okay. I like that. On the whole, this is very inessential. So I'm going to say five out of 10. It's a peanut butter sandwich.
2: Hey, 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 well, first off, that's disrespectful to the peanut butter sandwich. So let's let's not do that. Cause that dang, I'm actually gonna snack on that. Thank you. Guys. Yeah,
0: there's, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with yeah. it. It's just not great. Yeah, it's not Benny Hong.
2: I'm weak. <laughs> I feel like this show... It wasn't my demographic. I'm open to new shows. They don't have to be the greatest for me to enjoy them, but they should still be enjoyable. The actors did what they could with the material they have, so kudos to them and kudos to the production of it. But it's just not a really memorable show, nor is it very interesting, which sucks because the history there is rich, and I feel like if you're going to pull on real-life experiences... And folks culture and their history you should at least give it the right treatment this show is just made for people who hate christians and that's okay whatever floats your boat i was like jesus christ the anti-christian sentiment the way they made christians look in this show was very
0: interesting yeah the vikings are literally sacrificing their kids and the christians are still the bad guys
2: right exactly i mean
1: look i'll be real yeah yeah
2: pagan sacrificing their children like come on I would not waste a joint or anything on this, guys. Please save your marijuana. Gas is expensive. Don't do it. I will give this rating four out of ten times. I actually wanted to watch The Witcher. I really really. need to put some more respect on that show now after watching Vikings Valhalla. So good. It is. Like Now I have respect. So, yeah.